0: Hello, friends. Welcome again today to another edition of the Pinkleton Pull-Aside podcast. We like to talk all things life, leadership, lessons therein. And we do that typically through the world of sports, of music, of books, pastoral, great testimonies, comedy. And uh, for those of you that asked me outside of here, if I could only go into one of those areas, I do love the comedy world and uh, today I'm blessed to have a guest that I think we've tried to do this for like seven months now, something like that. Heather oh, wow. Land, the Heather Hi. Land. Welcome. Thanks for c- coming on here, Thank Heather. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate the the Heather Land. I don't feel quite like I deserve that, but I do appreciate it. Well, Thank here's
0: you. what's interesting. So when I when I Googled your name, there was like a couple other people named Heather Land, and I I went to either Spotify or to Apple. And I was listening to a podcast I initially thought was you, but it wasn't. It was some other kind of young woman who was pretty raunchy. She wasn't being funny. She makes
1: dirty coloring books. Is that what it is? Uh-huh. I call she it, is pretty raunchy, yeah. I mean, how I just- How can there be two of us? Polar opposite, pretty much.
0: <laughs> well, I, I was just, I, I kind of got sucked in a little. I mean, I probably listened to more than five minutes, but just her worldview and her attitude on life was just kind of like, really? how would anybody want to talk to this person? So I hope you're not getting yeah, too confused. Yeah, I've never talked
1: to her. I've I've never met her. I just know she's out there somewhere.
0: But was there any other Heather Lands out there that would have had like Wikipedia pages even or something like that?
1: Not that I know of. I mean, I'm. I guess I've never really looked. But yeah, I don't. I don't guess so. Just just me and me and an old girl out there. <laughs> you know, old girl out there. <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: well, let me ask yeah. you this. Here's a funny thing I want to start out with you because when I first I always like to make the connection. So me and two of my good friends took our daughters. There was four of them because one of them are a set of twins. We went last year to would well, that have been in Canal Winchester, outside of Columbus, a suburb of Columbus, and saw you with the Annie Downs podcast that was live, and Micah Tyler, mm-hmm. who did a live podcast, and you did some comedy. And I wasn't really familiar with you, but you had me cracking up and I'll get into the specific jokes later that you really had me laughing on. Hint, hint, your husband. <laughs> and uh, my, I love
1: talking about him. So yeah, I bet you
0: do. And our daughters had a good time. It was a great father-daughter thing. And I said to you even now before we started recording that I went during the uh, like intermission little thing. You were at a table. And these four women in front of me clearly were big fans of yours. They look like these four women who probably travel together, get to shows together. They're having a great old time. You enjoyed them. They enjoyed you. I thought, oh, this looks fun. The only challenge I had was in in environments like that, I always feel like you got to know other people are here wanting to do the quick little interaction too. And they were going to take the whole time. So as soon as they were done, I jumped in. I would try to be quick. I'm like, I do this podcast. I literally left thinking, okay, there's no way this is happening. And at whatever point I get hooked up with Steven, your husband, and we kind of did some back and forth. It kind of dragged. I thought, okay, it's never going to happen. And then all of a sudden I get a message from him like, hey, we, and I'm like, what? And then I had a cancellation today with Dustin Nickerson, who's also a comedian.
1: Perfect timing.
0: And then boom, it fit. And, uh, I'm, I'm really bumming people can't see the video because there's your cat again, sitting in your lap. That cat's name again is not Greg. That is.
1: This is Judy and our cats. We train them from the time they're, they come home. We hold them like babies. And, you and do. so this, I get my baby fix, you know, they don't talk back and I don't have to change <laughs> diapers and it's really great. So we're cat people who knew. Yeah. But I'm glad we finally got it on the rails here and getting to have a combo. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. So when, when I first saw you, I don't know if you've ever gotten this before, there's a pretty famous actress that you to me were kind of the doppelganger thing going with. Who do you get told doppelganger wise you look like?
1: Um. Well, I recently, uh, just to jump right in, have uh, shaved my head. I'm wearing a wig today and nobody can see me. But when I don't have my wig on, people tell me I look like Jennifer Goodwin. Um, But I doubt that's who you're going to tell me I look like, because right now I have really long hair. So lay it on me. Make sure she's pretty.
0: Tiffany Amber
1: Thiessen. Oh, yeah. I have heard that. And my husband uh, used to have a thing for Topanga on whatever that show was boy meets world. Oh. And so, so he thinks I look like her too. He likes the, those nineties throwback, you know, round faces. And um, yeah, so he's actually told me I look like both of them. So, so what's thank
0: you. crazy about that is when I get to it with you later, there's a question we do about celebrity crush first one. And one of the people I had on, I can't remember exactly who it was. Uh, One of the last few episodes we had, someone said Topanga or whatever her name is was their celebrity crush. So
1: interesting. Your husband must be my husband in the mix. His too. That's right. She must have been a hottie back then.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So (laughs) let's skip to the. I I got several questions I want to ask. I usually get to the testimony thing first, but what was it like? I mean, if people are familiar with Andy Downs, which in podcast world I think a lot of people are, especially if you listen to kind of leadershipy testimony Christian things. Annie is, uh, you know, pretty high on people's lists. What was she like on the road? Because she's clearly got some energy. She's passionate about what she's passionate about. You've toured a lot and been to different cities and different comedy stops along the way. What was that, that tour like with Annie?
1: Well, Annie's a buddy of mine and, uh, I was on her podcast, um, gosh, like 2018 or 19. And we've been friends ever since. And, you know, we'll go uh, we'll go to dinner and whatever, hang out. And she's exactly the same all the time, which is my favorite thing about uh, people like that. Very authentic. And you don't have to, uh, there's no guesswork. She's full of life and loves people and full of energy and excitement and wakes up with a smile on her face. And, yeah, she's exactly as you would hope she would be and, and as you probably think she is. She's a good egg. So
0: does her energy ever get zapped? I mean, what is she doing? When she's- I mean,
1: sure. Yeah, she's human, you know, so she she gets tired and she puts those fuzzy slippers on and likes to <laughs> crawl in that bunk just like the rest of us. But uh, she's just a, you know, happy, optimistic person and a lot of fun to be around.
0: So she had on a while back, she had uh, Bear Reinhardt on her podcast and they got to talking about really taking care of your people when you go on a tour And she this is right before that tour. And she talked about how she really wanted to do it well and do it right. So the people that worked for her on any level in that tour didn't just feel like, Hey, I need to go home and crash. This was so bad. Like she wanted them going away feeling like that was one of the greatest things ever. And I'm actually built up and have life added into me. Did she accomplish that with you?
1: Oh, absolutely. How did that happen? She sure did. And you know, the people that, well, the people that she brings around her are just really loving Kind human beings, and and so you know when you get a, a bus full of those together, how can it how can it go wrong? You know, and she's very attentive. You know, she she bought my favorite snacks and uh, loved on me that way. And you know, I'll just be real honest. When you're not headlining a show, you know, I was just kind of doing comedy on the on the front end. It's way easy for me. You know, if I could just eat, sleep, do my job at night, I'm happy as can be. So that little tour was a dream come true for me. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was great. Great experience.
0: Wow. Very cool. It's always interesting when I do my homework on people, I think I knew you had one book out. So you've, you know, you obviously tour across the country. I met you at the Annie Downs live podcast. You had a movie that came out called roll with it. Then the 2022 movie, which I'm still disappointed. I haven't seen yet. Family camp. That got a lot of press, got a lot of love. Rhett Walker, who I had on here. I know he was in it and seemed like it did fairly well for uh, the scale of movie. It was, you've written two books. I ain't doing it, which is a line you use quite a bit. And then a perfect 10, the truth about things I'm not and never will be. My hunch is based on how you kind of got into this, it wasn't like you probably set out to do any of those things. Is that correct?
1: Uh, 100% correct. I never set out to do comedy, to write books. Be in movies that was never ever on my radar. Yeah. So it's all been really new and fun and exciting and kind of continues to unfold. And so I've really learned to live very open-handed and like, okay, God, what's next? Yeah. So it's, it's been quite a ride, it continues to be.
0: So those things I listed off, what's been like super easy and what was super hard?
1: Um, gosh, I think it's all been super easy and it's all been super hard. I mean, Mm. there are parts of every bit of it that are natural, you know, and then there are parts that you have to, where you just like any other job where you have to really get in the zone and focus. And there are times in all of those pieces of my work where I get in there and I go, what am I doing? I don't know how to do this. I'm an idiot. Like, I don't know how to write. I don't know how to act. I don't know how to get on the stage and you know, make people laugh, but you know, you just kind of have to seize the moment. And and I was so forced, for lack of a better word, into this career, which I'm so grateful for. That there was no denying, like this is what I was supposed to be mm-hmm. doing. So I just got to figure it out. So yeah, I just kind of jumped in, and I'm still, you know, I, I watched Family Camp, and I was like, wow, I'm a really crappy actress, but I really <laughs> love it, and it's a lot of fun, and I want to do more of it, but. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all difficult. It's all easy. It's anything new is challenging, you know, but I'm here for it. That's what I, that's what I'm enjoying about it. I'm definitely not in the boring phase of my life. That's for sure. Wow.
0: So I can't remember which podcast I listened to you on yesterday. There's one of them I listened to. It was a while back, but you know, two words, haven't seen you even as, as limited as we've interacted already today, I think if there's two phrases I will use to describe you, I think pretty well, is you're very self-aware and you don't take yourself too seriously. Is that fair to say? Like you're off the scales on both.
1: I mean, I try to be self-aware. I think I've, uh, I've gone through my fair share of trauma in my life. And so I never want to, you know, not work through my issues to the point that I'm a burden to other people or making life difficult for anybody. So I, I really try to be self-aware. I'm in constant counseling. I have been for years, which I highly recommend. I think everybody on planet earth needs counseling. So I do try to be self-aware. Yeah. And I think that laughing at myself, man, you know, once again, I've, I've gone through a couple of things in my life and I think I've just realized like, I'm either going to curl up in a corner in the fetal position or I'm going to make jokes about this thing. Mm. And so I kind of decided to go with the latter. And so far it's working out for me pretty good. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm actually, which a lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm, I'm a four on the Enneagram. I'm very melancholy. I'm an optimist, but I'm just, you know, I love to listen to sad songs. I love to cry it out. I love to talk about my feelings. And so I think that if I didn't laugh at myself and try to live a little bit more lighthearted, I would probably be in a mental facility truly. Like I, I just, I have to, it's for my mental health that I, that I make jokes. It's for me really, not (laughs) y'all.
0: That's so, that's so wild. So give us, give us a little bit of your story. Give us like the three minute version of your testimony about coming to Jesus and what God was doing at that particular point in your life to kind of draw you in. And uh, let's hear what God's done.
1: Oh, shoot. Well, I don't remember not, being a believer, I mean I cut my teeth on the pews of, you know, the Assemblies of God church. I just was in church eight days a week and I actually went to a Bible college after I graduated high school and married the first youth pastor I ran into and <laughs> I was a worship leader and we actually had a very tumultuous marriage for almost fifteen years before we decided to to end it. And I was leading worship at that time and we were in Colorado Springs and went through a, you know, a big divorce and that's never something you, you set out to do. So it was new to me and, you know, I was broke. I was a single mom and just trying to find my way and finally moved back home to uh, my little hometown in West Tennessee and try to get my bearings. And I just started working a desk job for a buddy of mine and, yeah, my son showed me Snapchat and so I started making really stupid videos with a couple of girlfriends of mine and one day on a dare I put my first one on social media and here we are on your podcast today. Um there's a lot more, you know, fill in the blanks there, but that's that's the short that's the short version. I think I was, you know, at a place where I was finding stability, but then this this thing came along, this comedy uh opportunity came along and I had to decide, okay, do I want to keep working my desk job or do I want to kind of see about it? And so I decided to tell my dad I was going to quit my big girl job and go be a comedian. And that's, that's what I did.
0: So there's a, there's a lot to that. I mean, obviously some ups and downs and some moving across the country, moving back across the country, Bible college, uh, divorce, remarried kids. Tell me about the girl that entered Bible college ultimately to learn about Jesus versus Heatherland2023, who knows Jesus. Tell me what you know about Jesus today that you didn't know then that you would want to tell that girl, okay, you're getting ready to go to Bible college, but here's what you really need to know that Bible
1: college won't teach you. Mm, I would say first and foremost, man, that's kind of opening up a can, but I I think I would say that your faith is is not fear-based or it shouldn't be like it has been your whole life. God is much more, Open and gracious and loving than we seem to give him credit for, and I, gosh, if I'd known that a long time ago, it would have really saved me a a whole heap of heartache and um, tension in my life. I lived with a lot of tension and fear of making mistakes or doing anything wrong, and and so I never did. I mean, I you know, I was the kid who, you know, when my parents told me to go to bed, I would sneak my headphones and listen to music, mm-hmm. even though I knew I wasn't supposed to. And if I would wake up the next morning with headphones still on my head, I would panic and say, oh, my God, I can't believe I made it through the night. You know, if I if I would have died in the middle of the night, I would have gone to hell because I was disobeying my parents. You know, I live like that every day of my life. And I've come to learn that uh, none of us are are perfect, no matter how hard we try. And and God is gracious. Yeah, I said it my whole life, but knowing it is is a different thing.
0: So. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to guess from what you just said there, right, right there, going to Christian college, going to Bible college, coming out probably for quite a bit of your life, you were not experiencing freedom. You sound to me like a very free person. Don't want to overstate that. Don't want to put words in your mouth. When did you start cracking the, the egg of you're becoming free in Christ?
1: Um, Probably when this started back in 2018, I think was my first, kind of my first uh, dipping my toe in the water, you know, And I I don't want to say testing God, because I don't think I did it with any rebellion in my heart. But I, I essentially, I think maybe that's what I was doing It's going, okay, God, if I if I drink this glass of wine, am I going to wake up in the morning with boils all over my mm. face? And I mean, you know, I just that's how fear stricken I was. And so I think being on tour and being around more human people and less in a confined, you know, bubble of of Christianity whether in Bible college or you know growing up in a small town, that really started challenging me in in good ways, I think. You know, I, probably some people in my in my circle back in the day would not think it's for the best, but but I certainly do. I have a lot more freedom and know who still know who I am and who God is in my life and uh, it's man, like, what a way to live, you know, it's, yeah. it is, it's so much more enjoyable.
0: One of the things I've heard said before, and I think this is true that most of us have to be broken free from either liberalism or legalism. Most of the churches in America, they say that are dying are because of legalism or liberalism. And I'm just convinced if we only lived in the world of better understanding in John one grace and truth and grace leads the way, but truth is right behind it. Both of Jesus was full of, grace and full of truth, man, our lives would be so much easier, so much better. Not that walking with Jesus is supposed to be easy, but you're doing, you're doing a lot more, uh, gospel truth bombs than I expected this podcast to have.
1: So <laughs> I really appreciate
0: your heart with what you're talking about. So let me ask you this. Well, what, you know
1: what though? Can, can I just say something on that note please. in response to that? I feel like I was raised under the, the misconception that all of Christianity is suffering and I'm also at the point of my life where I don't believe that anymore. I mm-hmm. Do I believe that could be part of it? Sure. Yeah. But I also believe that, yeah, Jesus didn't create me to live a life of misery. He actually wants me to be happy and it's okay if I'm happy. You know, my Christianity isn't defined by how many tears I cry in a day or how miserable I am. That's not what defines my spirituality and it used to. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a walking in freedom and understanding that, that is actually what God wants for us. It is a revelation. I wish, you know, more people could, could, uh, experience that.
0: Does that mean staying on top of where you are there? Does that mean Heather, that maybe your church experience for many years was not probably real good. And then maybe hopefully the response to that is yeah. Over however many recent years you've landed in a great situation with a church. That's, that's great and freeing and experiencing John 10, 10 type of life.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I don't ever want to throw any well-meaning people under the bus at all. I think that the church I grew up in was such a loving environment and there were so many great people and great pastors that came through there. And uh, But if I'm being honest, I think, I mean, I, listen, I'm no theologian. Okay. Clearly I'm a comedian. I didn't even graduate from college. Okay. So I, I have no room to speak, but from experience, I think I would just say that I really feel like as a church quote unquote church, we just miss it on so many fronts. And I'm also at the point where I just feel like I've tried to do Jesus's work for so long and save souls and, and all the things and, and well, you know, with, with good heart behind it. And I've been well-meaning, but I think I'm learning that really my only job is to love people. Mm-hmm. And I watch on social media, so many Christians people who claim to be christians berating other people all in the name of jesus and for the sake of truth and i have just come to realize for myself personally i'm like you know what jesus can save souls himself he can do that work i'm here to love to love everybody and to love people and not to to shirk truth or responsibility or anything like that i just have taken some of the load off of myself mm. to let Jesus do what he's going to do, you know, because it's not up to me to to save the world, but it is up to me to love everybody in my wake. And that's my goal.
0: Love everybody in my wake. I love that line. You seem like a person who like you've almost stuck out the hand in a fun, hard, maybe comedic kind of way. Shame. You have no place here. You're not going to live here. You're not going to reside here. You're not going to be around me. John Ortberg had a quote I heard. I stumbled across recently, and I'd love to know your response to this. I'm way off script, by the way. I'm glad I send you notes ahead. I of love time. it. We're not doing any of this. Hey, this
1: um, is how this is how it always goes. There you go. These are the best. Off script is the best.
0: Okay, I'm going to use that for a new tagline for us. Heather Land says we have the best podcast. Um, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Annie. Um, John Ortberg said a flourishing life is one that is caught up in a web of healthy and thriving relationships. What do you say to that? Do you agree mm. with that?
1: Oh, 100%.
0: What does that look like for you?
1: Well, I mean, I don't think I could have made it through some of the things I've dealt with in my life without those pure, authentic, beautiful relationships. And if we're not here for that, what are we here for? I mean, I, I'm i an extrovert and an introvert, so <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love to be alone. But man, at the end of the day, like I want to share my life Um, with others and and I want other people to pour into me. Like I'm, you know, none of us are, you're not a one man show and neither am I, you Mm -hmm. know? So for us to live in community, I think is everything. And you know what the truth is? I think I learned this during quarantine too. And and because I travel so much, I don't go to church very often. If you want to know the truth, I feel like I've gone to enough church my whole life to make up for every Sunday that I'm not there at this point, but my community isn't, made up of that anymore. And, and sometimes that's, uh, you have to find that community elsewhere. It may not be in a church, but if you are surrounded by good, loving people, whether it's your family or friends, I mean, you're rich, you know, that's everything.
0: Amen. Man, you were just dropping some bombs left and right. So let's get back to comedy. I'm not
1: meaning to. You're well, just
0: asking good questions. Well, maybe it's yeah, well. You're you're uh, you're responding well. Let me ask you this. So uh, people are probably listening. Like, hey Jeff, I thought you said she's a comedian. Can we talk about some comedy or something like that? Um <laughs> What do comedians learn from each other when you're out on the road? I mentioned. My wife and I and another couple are going to see Nate Bergazzi coming up. Uh, we reference Brian Bates, who's been on here and he's been with you. What do comedians learn from each other? Whether that's humor, jokes, how to craft a joke, life. What, what, what's the road like where you're with each other and learning from one another?
1: You know, uh, every opener that I have or anybody that I'm on the stage with, I always go out and listen to their set because I am always wanting to learn, I still feel really new to this whole game. And, you know, I, I feel like I learn, I'm always trying to learn from Brian as well. But I really think that more than even learning, you know, how to tell a joke or, or whatever, for lack of a better term, because every every comedian has their own style, right? And so I'm not saying you can't learn that from other comedians, but I think what I take away from them is more, just a camaraderie and an appreciation for the fact that these people are out here, you know, grinding it out. And it is a grind. I mean, people think that, you know, you have such an easy life, you're on the road, and you just get to have fun all the time. But it's exhausting. And I think having other people who are living that same life, and if you want to know the truth, me personally, being around other comedians who They've, they've been grinding it out a lot longer than I have. You know, I have a lot of respect. And so I always really try to pay attention to that and, and see kind of how far they've come and where they are. And man, you just, it really does give you respect if you can see behind the scenes a little bit.
0: So let's go back to when you talked about what you did. So you were a refinancer. So you worked in the world of money. <laughs> I mean, could that be more different than what you're doing now? I mean, how did you land there. I mean, you were looking for a job, obviously.
1: Well, when I moved back to my hometown, I had a good friend and she worked for a guy in my hometown that had a big company and she said, she knew I was looking for work and she said, there's an administrative position open. I want you to come and and interview for it. So I did and I sat with my boss. He became my boss. His name's Andy and I cried the whole time and he's, he's a believer and he's just a loving And I cried during my interview and I was like, I can do this job, but like, I'm going through divorce and I'm just going to probably cry a lot. And, and he just said, you're hired. And so he gave me a really safe uh, space to grow into, into that. And so I just worked behind a desk for about a year. And then after that, he created a refinancing department and put me in charge of it. And I was like, are you sure? I, I really don't think this is a good move on your part. I mean, this, this is going to tank the whole company probably. Um, but he took a risk on me and yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, was it my calling? No, but was it where God had me in the moment? And like, was it a stepping stone for me to get kind of to where I am? 100%. And yeah, and I still, Andy let me do worship music at every staff meeting we had. Really? So it was awesome. Best of both worlds for me.
0: Well, it sounds like he's a pretty neat guy. It sounds like it's pretty unorthodoxed probably God honoring kind of business. How, how are they doing now
1: as a company? Oh man, they're doing amazing. And I'll tell you why it's because he is full of integrity and authenticity and he just loves people. You know, this man, he builds houses for a living and even built me a home as a single mom and did that for me. I would never have been able to do that without his help. And about, so, this is um,
0: Andy. This is the same guy.
1: Same guy. What?
0: Yes. He's doing a bunch of stuff. So, you know what? He's one like three
1: oh, people. Oh man, he he's epic. Let me tell you. Let me just say, I know that this. I, I'm supposed to be being funny, okay? And pe- this is what people don't know. That sometimes I'm not funny. But let me just tell you, sometimes people just need a hand, and you never know what they're going through or how it's going to affect them later on. And do you know that every time I tell my story, I always talk about Andy? I mean, he has made such a mark on my life, and it's been quite. The testimony for me just, I mean, he's one that I've watched mm. and thought, you know what, Heather, be more like that. Wow. Be, be an Andy, you know? Yeah. Huge in my life. How old is he? In my age. We're oh. big buddies. And his wife, she's wonderful. Like, yeah, we, we created a little family there at work. And Yeah. It's amazing,
0: that's funny. It sounds like a guy I wanted a podcast. I just love the way I mean, what you're describing <laughs> you about this guy sounds He's like a amazing. guy that's yeah, it's worth Yeah, and is, <laughs> is that all in your neck of the woods or is that more of a Nashville kind of company or what?
1: Uh, no, it's back in my little hometown, Milan, Tennessee. Uh, I live in Nashville now, but uh, yeah, I grew up there and moved back home and swore I never would, but yeah, that's that's when he kind of helped pick me up and helped me get on my feet. And that's yeah, so cool.
0: Love love stories like that. That's so cool. And you you guys all still keep in touch today. You said his wife and.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We're all friends and they actually, uh, and them, uh, Andy and Angie, my friends, and then a few other people that I worked with there in his office came to, I did a couple of back-to-back shows at Zaney's. Uh, last last summer in Nashville, and they came to my show, so oh, they're huge cool. supporters, big fans.
0: You know, I don't know if it was, and you you probably know them through Annie, um, the Dadville guys, uh, Dave Barnes and John McLaughlin. Both those guys had been on here, and it was one of them. I feel like it was Dave, but maybe it was John. I asked one of them; they talk a lot, and you just get a sense uh, through following those guys a bit that they have some really cool, authentic, got it going on, doing life together kind of relationships. And I said in Nashville because I'm originally from Nashville. Is it that good and that easy, or is it almost kind of a false sense of like, eh? Maybe it looks good on the outside, but inside, and in, I think it, I think it was Dave, and I think he said, "Well, they've made the effort, and it is really good." But there's a lot of it at times that's not, and it can be competitive, and it can be whatever. But you just seem like you're in some great, again, using no phrase, it's obvious, authentic relationships in your life where you're growing, they're growing, you're being encouraged by one another, and yeah, I just encourage, and yeah. that's so good.
1: Well, I think too, that finding this career path later in life was probably a really great thing for me. Mm. You know, I've been through a lot and I feel like I'm pretty grounded. And so I already had such a great base of people in my life, such a good foundation. And they they helped me stay grounded and help me stay in a place where, you know, I, I try to really not do anything that doesn't feel right, even if it looks right. Like, yeah. oh, you should do that. You should take that movie role or you should, if I'm not feeling it, you know, I, Hey, there's plenty to go around, you know, like nothing. I I heard Marianne Williamson say one time, like what God has for you, it's like a folder on your computer and nobody can open your folder. Like Mm. you can pull, you can open that folder whenever you want and pull from the things that God has waiting for you. But I'm never worried that somebody's going (laughs) to take something for me. I'm just like, I've learned to live a little bit more relaxed about those things these days. So I'm grateful that I'm, 47 years old and just now really (laughs) coming into my career. I I actually, yeah, yeah, I prefer it.
0: Yeah. Gratitude seems to be a theme with you.
1: I hope it stays that way.
0: Amen. Heather, let me, let me do our rapid five. I do. These are kind of quick hitting fast, whatever comes to your mind kind of questions. So what is your favorite childhood snack or cereal?
1: Oh my Lord. Um, my favorite childhood snack was star crunch. Oh my goodness.
0: Oh, I missed Star Crunch. I totally can picture it as soon as you say it. That plastic wrapper it was next to King Don's and Twinkies and all that stuff. But it was, yeah. What was your second hey man, one? and
1: listen. My, my son, when he was in my belly, that's all I ate with him, that poor kid. Does he like, like him? You know, Gave him a sweet tooth. Does but, he like them? Yeah, that was it.
0: Does he like them? Or are they still around? Or are they gone? Or.
1: That's a great question. Please don't make me hungry for those, dude. Like I'm really trying to watch my weight here. I do not need to be going after the Star Crunch There you Tuesdays. go. All
0: right. Well, here, here's the next one, Heather. What's your favorite book you most like to gift or you would want to give to other people?
1: Mm, I love the book Illuminata by Marianne Williamson. It's a book of uh prayers. Mm. And it's just a really simple little book, but it really helps me some. You know, sometimes when you pray and you're like, I don't really know what to say, but like, God, (laughs) you know, like it's just a good little guide. Uh, and she has such an eloquent, sweet, simple way of kind of pouring her heart out. So uh, yeah, I love that book.
0: Illuminata. There it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. 4.7 stars, almost a thousand reviews must be pretty good. I'm going to look it up. It's little Uh, too. Oh, that's, Oh, now I might, now I'm even more hooked in there. Oh,
1: right. It's readable.
0: Oh, but it says 300 pages. That's not that little.
1: Nah, it's oh. it's easy. I promise
0: you. You must be a big I promise you. Okay. So, hey, you're taking the kids on a trip. You're planning on grabbing a bite to eat. One of them says beforehand, "Hey mom, I got to go to the bathroom." You're 5 minutes before where you were planning on going. We're assuming all these places are at that exit. McDonald's, In-N-Out Burger, Chick-fil-A. Where would you go?
1: Chick-fil-A
0: 100%. Really? In-N-Out's got no all day chance. Long. Do you Can't like, do it, bro. Do you like it or not?
1: What in and out? Yeah, in and out. I mean, yes. I used to eat it when I lived in Colorado. It's pretty big there, but yeah, i have just you know, hey, I'm. It's simple. I'm just more of a chicken gal.
0: What's your go to there?
1: Oh, dude, I'm so boring, man. Like the grilled nuggets and a kale salad, oh. just because. But let me tell you why, man. I have to eat like 200 calories a day to maintain being overweight. So I do not have the luxury of eating 2000 calories at in and out burger. Okay. I will pay for that for the next six months. So there you have it. Um, Old age menopause. You want to talk about that? I mean, that's a topic.
0: I just heard the other day, if you go to Chick-fil-A, you got to get the side salad. Kale one probably works. When you get the side one, the bacon and cheese or something's thrown in for free extra. Then you get the grilled or regular nuggets. You basically have the exact same salad for a lot less money. We were told in Springfield, Ohio, chick fil A's never coming. I never thought it was coming because it just didn't make sense for the size of town. Like two months ago, less than a mile from my house is Chick-fil-A.
1: No way. So
0: we're getting it. You
1: lucky dog. We're
0: getting it a decent bit. So we're going to go. Hey, we,
1: can I ask you a question?
0: <laughs> I'm not. I, ask you I don't know that you really want to know, but the answer is whatever you're going to ask me.
1: Well, Well, it's a dumb question. Are you near Columbus? Do you live near Columbus?
0: Yeah, we're going to see you March 7th. Let's go. Funny boy. Okay, I didn't, know, I didn't know
1: how far you were. No, well, I just watched that whole um, Super Size Me. Have you seen that oh, on Netflix? And
0: yeah, what's his name? He His chicken movie's pretty Have you seen the chicken movie, though?
1: The second one? Yeah, he's got a movie. Well, raise his chicken. Yeah, that's why I was going to ask him. Oh, Does yeah. he still have a restaurant in Columbus? I
0: don't think so. I think that place is closed
1: bummer Heather, i'm gonna do
0: my homework and find out for you because i got i got a, several friends in the, in the chick-fil-a industry board member of mine for my men's ministry ran seven lee's chickens his partner runs lees? A, yeah dude we, we had a lease in my hometown
1: their chicken gizzards are next level bro. there you
0: go yeah my youngest son sometimes will still say even with chick-fil-a in town we also have raising canes which two of my kids Ooh, r- really love uh, he's, my youngest son still wants Lees. When The other day we're coming up from church. He's like, dad, can we get Lees?" So he, he got him some Lees. Shout that
1: old soul in that child. Right there you there.
0: go. Scott Griffith, Chuck Duran. You're getting some love right now. Um, <laughs> so what's the movie? If you were old school flipping channels, you and Steven watching a movie on a Friday or Saturday night, what movie would hook you in every time you got to watch it?
1: Oh, can I have two? We'll give you two. All right. My first one is The Proposal. Ryan Reynolds, Sandra Bullock. Oh, my goodness. seen it a zillion times. You dig Ryan Reynolds, don't you?
0: You dig Ryan Reynolds. Say say it.
1: Bro, I (laughs) dig Ryan Reynolds. (laughs)
0: My wife digs Ryan Reynolds, yep.
1: Blake Lively stole my guy. You know what I mean? I'm just going to leave it right there. Um, And Pride and Prejudice. Uh, My my poor husband. I've made him watch it, and it's just brutal for him, but I love it.
0: Can I just say, when you said earlier that you think you would connect well with my wife— she totally would say Ryan Reynolds on something. And she loves Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> my daughter has followed suit. She likes the, Well, my daughter hadn't gotten into like Downton Abbey, but anything like those, uh, when calls the heart pride, uh, she loves that kind of stuff. So,
1: Oh yeah, man.
0: March 7th. They'll meet Kara Pinkleton, Heatherland at the Easton funny bone and go see it. People in Best Columbus. friends forever. There you go. All right. The other one we got to ask you, it's important. Your first celebrity hmm. crush.
1: Oh, I had two growing up, dude. I got to give me two. Two. Uh my first one as like a young, young girl was Joey from New Kids on the Block. Oh I mean, come on. so That's
0: everybody an... loved Jordan or they loved Oh, even forget Jonathan. Jordan. I love Joey McIntyre. I had a man crush on Joey McIntyre. Still love him.
1: Listen, he he was the he was underrated. You know, totally. he was the guy to beat. I loved him. And okay, this is weird. Cause kids don't like this dude, but I had a huge, huge celebrity crush on Edward Norton. And I still do. What's he, what's, what's he him. just in?
0: We just saw all uh, the crazy movie with, uh,
1: yeah. Knives out.
0: That was a weird movie. Yeah, Super weird. weird. He's, he's a great, but actor. he's
1: epic. Yeah.
0: He's, he's a great actor. That was a weird movie. My, my oldest son tried to act like he told my wife and I, we wouldn't like it. They, but we think he told us we would like it. We watched it. We're like, are you kidding me? That was just, it was a bizarre movie. <laughs>
1: Well, you know what? I heard Edward Norton on the Smartless podcast. Yeah, he was on. I don't know when it was, but I just listened to it the other day, and I was—he's so intelligent, and I was like yeah it's probably best that we didn't date like i don't know if i could have followed the combos and he probably would have gotten really annoyed at my stupidity so it's it's probably best this way I, and i'm really in love with my husband so there it's, you go it's worked
0: out what a great podcast those guys went on tour and jason bateman said i don't know why anybody would pay money to go see us show up at a theater <laughs> and we'll look at watch <laughs> us on a stage talk but him and uh Will Arnett cracked me up. I love the concept
1: They're amazing. of
0: one of them brings somebody on that the other two aren't going to totally know in the moment who it is. Now, I got to tell you this. So I told you about you and my wife. Now I'm going to say me and you because Joey McIntyre, and you're going to agree with me on this. I said the new kids on the block, even though step-by-step step has a great routine to it, please don't go girl because Joey's saying lead vocals. Please
1: don't go girl. I'm telling Dude.
0: you. I'm telling you. You
1: took me back.
0: And on the bus, and he's looking out the window, and so here, here's your here's your new kids on the block story from me to you. You asked me a question earlier. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend you asked me one. You said, "Hey Jeff, do you have a do you have a new kids on the block experience?" Well, yes, Heather, I do.
1: <laughs>
0: so here's the experience. Our small town, Springfield, Ohio, Clark County Fair, which goes on every year. Back in the day, you walked the midway. Lover boy working for the weekend was cranked out all the time playing. Other songs during that era, New Kids on the Block is a young up-and-coming band. They book them. They play the Clark County Fair. Between when they booked them and the Clark County Fair, they got like ridiculously huge. Literally, like a month or two later, they came back. They went from the Clark County Fair. The next show was at the Cincinnati Reds, Cincinnati Bengals stadium. No way. I went to both shows. I went because it was local. And then I went to the stadium because my sister had a friend or somebody had two extra tickets. They go, Jeff, do you want them? I call my buddy. I'm like, we're pathetically single. How many girls do you think are gonna be at that stadium? We're it's going. A
1: million and we're one. going.
0: And uh have you watched any of Mark Wahlberg's uh reality shows or Wahlbergers or Wall Street?
1: Yeah, I used to watch I used to watch Wahlbergers uh very religiously and uh yeah, because of right? Cause of him. Cause I grew up, I grew up with him. He used to sing to me. So yeah, I actually love that. Show. Have you
0: watched wall street on HBO?
1: No, I haven't. Oh,
0: you gotta watch what? So it's all about his businesses. He's tied to all these Mark Wahlberg. Let me
1: put it in my notes. It's
0: phenomenal. I think he's got two seasons, three seasons. So, um, all right, last on but on not dude. least, I've still got about 20 questions. I want to ask you, but the one thing to let you close. Well, I have to ask you, Steven Matthew. Is that, is Matthew his middle name or last name?
1: His last name. His name is Steven John Matthew. He has three uh, first names. He really does. But Matthew's the last one.
0: So he's 13 years younger than you. Go.
1: He is. Go. <laughs> I've well, seen
0: your routine. You tell whatever you want to tell there.
1: Um. Gosh, I should just do my whole bit right here. Um. Yes, he is 13 years younger than me. We met in 2018. I did my first bus tour and he was my production manager. And I told my wrote uh, my road manager that was with me, I was like, dang, that guy's cute. <laughs> and she's like, you should date him. And so I ended up marrying him. But before that, I asked him, how How old are you? I thought he was going to say like 35. And I was 41 at the time, uh. 40, 40 maybe. And he said like 29, whatever that difference is. He said he's 29 and I was like, or 28. I was like, oh, mm-mm. like that is, that's tacky. That's real tacky of me. If I, if I date a 28 year old but dude, I couldn't help myself. You know, and he's like, he's got a lot of gray hair. He's a very old soul. He's very mature. Like he has IRAs and things like that. Like he <laughs> saves this money and uh, he falls asleep on the couch watching the news, you know, and I'm extremely immature. So man, we are just a beautiful little fit. I adore him. We, this morning he left, he, he woke me up with flowers and he said, "Um, I said, can you believe we've been married almost three years? And he was like, no, we haven't. It just walked out the door. Like, I know it just—it time flies when you have fun. So he's yeah, he's a great dude. He—we've uh, been together ever since that tour, and uh, he's still a production manager. And uh, he's Indian. He's beautiful. He's—I uh, like to say—he's a tech support Indian, not a casino Indian tech support
0: <laughs> or hotel um, or gas station.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, I married him so I could just keep getting my phone and my computer fixed for free, and yeah. it's really working out.
0: Okay, you missed a couple. I'm trying to think. What was there something about? Oh, in school, when you cross paths at like his schooling versus your schooling?
1: Yeah, I, I, we had some milestones that we hit at the yeah. same time. Like, I, you know, we were both in Bible school together. Of course, mine was accredited and his was BBS, yeah. but still, <laughs> it
0: counts. It counts. Uh, yeah. Heather, I could go all day. This is really good. This has been
1: <laughs> very
0: life giving. I'll be honest, when we got it booked, There wasn't as much information as I hoped to find about you. I got sucked into that other Heatherland for a little bit. And uh, (laughs) I just didn't really fully know where this conversation might go, but it has been very good, very good for my soul. I feel like uh, I'm always hoping when these are done, I feel drawn closer to Jesus. And that is very true in this as well. So uh, I look forward Mm -hmm. to uh, March 7th at Eastland at the Funny Bone. You can go to their website and buy some tickets. I guess, I guess I'll on out. Yeah. So, uh, much blessings and many fruit on the road and at home you and Steven and crew.
1: Wow. Thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. You are such a blessing to me. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton pull aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at gatheringmiamivalley.org or find us on Facebook at the gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. Rise FM Podcast Network.